Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. episode of the pilot season podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is episode 31 of the pilot season podcast. We've been away for a while, but we're back. And uh, if you're new to the show, pilot season is the podcast that talks about, you guessed it, just the pilot episode of a TV show. Uh, It could be something new, something old, uh, something that's never even been aired or saw, you know, seen the light of day. Um, we watch it all. And we we generally take turns picking shows to review. Uh, we've been gone for a while, and we kind of lost track of whose turn it was. So I kind of uh, I kind of just made a decision that we were going to watch Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, what caused that? Well, Out of nowhere, you said, how about Baywatch? So I just said, okay, because... Well, Why not? But I didn't know what... For a few reasons. So, um, so first of all, summer's basically over. Shh. <laughs> uh, school's back in session, but, you know, summer's over. I, I know technically summer's not over until sometime in the middle of September or something. Like, like September 21st something or something like that. like that. So, and it's still warm out and whatever, but... You know, let's face it, summer's over, but Baywatch, summer never ends. It's always <laughs> summer. How much are they paying you? It's always summer on Baywatch. <laughs> uh, not only that, okay, so that's one reason. Another reason is um, Baywatch has just, since we've started doing this, Baywatch has just been a show that I've always wanted to watch because it's kind of, it's, you know, it's a cult classic in a weird way. It's it's just the show that defies any kind of reality. <laughs> yes. It's it, it's mostly it's a joke despite its success, or vice versa. It's a success to, the other way around. It's a it's a success despite the fact that it's kind of a joke. I mean, it's. It's Baywatch. I mean, it's a it's it's a show about lifeguards and butts and boobs. A lot of butts. A lot yeah, of butts. yeah, and sexy people doing like amazing sexy things. It's it's just like every episode seems like it would be just you know a, you know forty five minutes of like you know, like a music video or something. I mean, it's just <laughs> and I, I thought it would be. And, and like a third reason, I thought it would be kind of a fun episode to come back with. Since we've been we've been gone for a few months, I thought this would be a fun episode to make our return to. Okay. So, it all makes sense now. Yes, exactly. So that's that's the story behind uh, why we watched Baywatch. <laughs> the uh, 1989 pilot was actually a made-for-TV movie titled Panic at Malibu Pier. So it was the, the the pilot movie that kicked off the series, and it ran from 89 to 2001, 11 seasons, 242 episodes, uh, at least one spinoff called Baywatch Nights, which was the main character, uh, David Hasselhoff's character, Mitch Buchanan, even though he's the, the lieutenant of the uh, Los Angeles County Lifeguard Organization, he, in Baywatch Nights, he moonlighted as a private investigator. Why not? <laughs> exactly. It, I, think it, I think it only lasted, like, maybe a season, if that. And then there was supposed to be another spinoff called Baywatch Down Under that was going to take place in Australia. Apparently they, they filmed a pilot 
but it never saw the light of day. Mm. It never happened. Uh, and the last, uh, from what I read, the last two seasons of the regular Baywatch actually took place in Hawaii. And it was, it was the same show, but they kind of retooled it and retitled it Baywatch colon Hawaii. So, and they, I, I think they got a whole new cast of characters, um, with the exception, of course, of David Hasselhoff. You can't replace the Hoff. You can't. The Hoff is an, an, just, he's important to the show. You can't have Bay. I mean, and, and, I mean, all joking aside, it's like, I, I mean, Baywatch is synonymous with David Hasselhoff. Sure. I mean, and, and he's actually a big reason why the show even existed. It got canceled after its first season. It, it actually aired on NBC the first season, and then it was canceled. But then David Hasselhoff with, I, I don't know the entire story, but apparently David Hasselhoff with you know the help of other, I guess, uh, producers or people with money backing him up, they, they rescued the show and put it into syndication. And it became a hit. Uh, really became a hit internationally. I mean, it's huge everywhere, but specifically, <laughs> like, in, like it, internationally, it's like a mega hit. So, you know, every time there's like a show that, for whatever reason, becomes really popular somewhere else, and not that it wasn't popular here because it, mm-hmm. you don't know, run for eleven seasons and you know, lack popularity, but, you know, I always kind of, like, could I interview some foreigners and be like, just tell me (laughs) why, what, what about this show, like, what makes it so popular, this show or, you know, other shows, whatever, with people from various countries, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but that's something that always has kind of made me curious, like, yeah. what, what, how do you see this, or what perspective am I missing, or, mm-hmm. you know, so, perhaps we can take the podcast international, <laughs> and we can interview folks who love Baywatch and some of these other shows, but that that's, you know, that's in the future. Right. That's, that, <laughs> that's a project for another day. Yeah. So... You know, for for those who have never seen Baywatch, which I can't imagine who hasn't seen Baywatch at this point. Me? I mean, <laughs> tonight was the time I've ever well, seen an episode of Baywatch. The, okay, so that's a good point. I, I was thinking about it before we started recording. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Baywatch from beginning to end. But I've seen enough Baywatch just, just from channel surfing or... You know, other people watching it, and I'm in the room, same room, or something. I, I think, I think guys watched it in my dorm at college. That doesn't make any sense. I know, really, it doesn't. That's a totally wrong demographic. <laughs> I just feel like it, it. It was a, it was a cultural phenomenon. Again, it, it was kind of a big. It was a. It was sort of a joke, but at the same time, it's like I don't know how you can argue with its success, no matter how they got there. Sure. Yeah. Baywatch was and is huge. <laughs> so, so you know, but yeah, Baywatch focuses on uh, Los Angeles Beach. A team of lifeguards led by Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan save lives, deal with personal dramas, fight crime, and participate in over-the-top adventures. Pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. In in the pilot episode or the pilot movie. Which was, uh, like I said, the, the two made for TV movie was um, the Panic at Malibu Pier. A lot of it, 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 a lot of stories take place. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're introduced to Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan, who is actually newly promoted to his rank. He was a longtime lifeguard, uh, newly promoted, and so he's making the transition from. You know, kind of the toes in the sand lifeguard to actually having to wear shoes 
and a uniform. I made it. note of that because I could identify with that aspect of his character. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to wear shoes? Yeah. I, you know, well, I'm kind of a fan of shoes, but that's just me. I'm weird. Right. So, uh, so we've got Mitch who's transitioning into his new role. We've got two new rookies that are joining the team that are, um, we don't get a real lot of time with them other than the, well, we get more time, I guess, with Shawnee, who's the, there, there's a guy and a girl. Um, I don't even think I learned the guy's name. The guy I don't have it. I, I just, really, I realized as I sat down here. He was kind of a blank slate. Yeah. They didn't really do much with him at all. I am, you know, you can kind of imagine where his story might go or Shawnee's story mm-hmm. might go or, or whatever. But, yeah, honestly, I don't even know what to say about this guy. They probably couldn't because, fit and I've, much I don't, more into this true. This episode. But I can't tell you his name either. Guy yeah. from Philly? Yes, he was He was willing a, wearing a Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt when we first meet him. So we, And he makes a reference to, uh, he says something like, all you California girls are the same or something yeah. like that. Uh, so we've got the rookies. Um, we've got... Uh, Part-time lawyer, part-time lifeguard, Craig, played by uh, Parker Stevenson, who I, I completely forgot was in this show when it first started. Because he was he was Frank Hardy in the Hardy Boys Mysteries. I feel like... Back in the day. There's some things to discuss there. I'm not a lawyer. I'm also not a lifeguard. But I'm really struggling to understand how you can be both. He's literally driving to work, dressed in a suit, debating, yeah. really like debating which job he's going to go to. Like, I dressed to be a lawyer today, but the beach is kind of calling my name. So I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to veer right up here. Cool. Hey, Mitch, I'm at work today to be a lifeguard. Like, how do you just like, I don't, I don't, aren't I don't, they counting on you to come to work today so that you could do your job? Well, and at first I thought he was on his phone talking to like a secretary but i think he was talking to his wife yes he was talking to his wife which i didn't realize because i'm like then I, i'm thinking okay so he technically didn't call into any i mean unless it, he just did it like off camera but he didn't call off to anybody that we saw hey ted i don't feel like lawyering today <laughs> maybe next week see uh i yeah that was a whole thing for me like how do you do yeah, both of those that's pretty convenient um, so yeah, so we've got, we've got Craig who, uh, lawyer by day and lifeguard by day, apparently. And I don't know what he does at night. Um, he's husband to, uh, Gina graphic. I think she's a graphic designer who basically looks like his mother. Okay. Thank you. Um, because yeah, they don't Craig, look right together. Craig could do better. They don't look right together. He looks so much younger than her. He's like dashing and handsome and, and rugged. those eyes. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and she's not ugly she's or not, anything, no. but she does kind of look like could be his mother or she definitely just, an older sister. She looks like kind of like un just not very exciting like suburban housewife. Yeah. Not, you know. So, it, there's a whole story a uh, side story with Craig who saves a pre-Twin Peaks Madchen, Madchen Amick? Yeah, I don't know how to say her name. I don't name. say her name. But in, in the notes, what was her I name? call her Shelly oh, the she entire was, time she through was, my notes. She was Shelly in Twin Peaks. She's, uh, but this is pre-Twin Peaks. Uh, and her he, name's Lori on the show. Yes, but Lori. even when I knew that, I still referred to her as Shelly. Right. Because I have to. Yeah, Freaking she's Shelly. Shelly. It's Shelly. She'll always be Shelly to us. Well, she's also, and she's also, uh, for you uh, youngins, if you watch Riverdale, she is Betty Cooper's mom, Alice. Alice. Who has the unfortunate name of Alice Cooper. Yeah. For Come on, guys. Yeah, you, you can do better than that. <laughs> um, Craig saves Lori slash Shelly slash Alice Cooper from uh, falling off a pier. And she becomes, uh, you know, just, she's got this, like, what, what did he call it? Like, not victim, or like, not victim, but um, something mentality, like, uh, uh, yeah, I forget. Like, rescue, what like, she was, she was. I wrote in my notes, crazy. Yeah, she, we, we find out Sister's very. crazy. Yeah, we find out, like, basically almost at the end of the episode that 
she has some emotional issues and she kind of stalks Craig and wants to be with him and wants to kill his wife and wants to just, she's crazy. So when we said there's a lot happening in this episode, there's really a lot happening in this episode. There's a good like 20, 25 minutes where it kind of turns into a like lifetime movie. That is an excellent way to put it. Yeah. Uh, because you know she's she's basically she's chasing Parker Stevenson's wife or Craig uh, she's she's chasing her under this pier where the homeless people sleep. She basically leads Gina down there, basically saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this uh, thing my therapist told me to do to make the bad feelings go away. I want you to go with me." And oh, by the way, this is where the homeless people sleep under this pier. And I'm, I'm like. Wake up, Gina. Yeah. Gina <laughs> seemed like a smart lady. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her to be a smarter lady. But she wasn't. Yeah. She followed her under this pier that was all fenced in. And there was like only one way to get in. And it was incredibly dark. <laughs> and it was creepy. And you couldn't see anything. Yeah. It really and took a turn. That just sounds like a recipe for disaster. If I made it that far... And Shelly from Twin Peaks was like, step through this fenced-in area. (laughs) I'd be like, hold up, girl. I'm good right here. Yeah. Good luck on burning your letter thing that your therapist recommended you do. I'm going to hang back right here. Gina, on the other hand, was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go in. Yeah. No, dummy. No. (laughs) So, yeah, so so there's this whole fatal fatal attraction storyline that's going on through this episode. Uh, what else goes on? Um, there's this uh, Australian guy that I guess they're like setting him up to be maybe part of the team at some point. But he he he's a he was a lifeguard in Australia. Decided he wants to be a lifeguard in America, but in order to do that, he has to technically go through the the rookie school. But he's not a rookie, so he's just kind of arrogant. He got a job working at a, as a lifeguard for a private resort, which also happens to be on the beach. So at one point, you know, he helps the the lifeguards, the Baywatch lifeguards, with a rescue. So you, so I, I think they they were setting that up for future storylines. Like maybe he was eventually going to become part of the team. I don't know. Yeah, um, he's he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, but you know, but when he first showed up, I kind of found him entertaining. <laughs> he was just, I mean, he wasn't really wrong about anything he said. I mean, he was cocky as hell, but he wasn't wrong about a lot of what he, just the way he said it was kind of dickish. Yeah. So, you know, and there's there's other stuff, which we'll get into, but uh, the, the one thing, the, the first thing I wanted to uh, mention was I forgot how much I love the opening. Like, that opening sequence, I actually know. Like the song, like the opening song and the opening sequence. Okay, so I don't know if you recognized who sang the theme song. At Probably that point, not. I don't think I was really. I don't want to say I wasn't paying attention, but I wasn't really thinking much about the song. I don't know. Uh, one Jimmy Jameson from Survivor. I mean, I don't know Jimmy Jameson, but I know Survivor. Did you look that up, or you just knew that? No, I looked it up. I don't know that, but okay. I, but I, I, but I watched the opening enough times because it's just it's iconic. It's like people running in slow motion and like wet bodies and running and you know saving people and great you know beach scenes and it's just. I feel like the opening is like an, is a just an iconic part of the show, especially because of the song. But I just I, I I just love it. I love that song. <laughs> Only in the context of the show, though. I can't imagine listening to the song okay. like on you know out in the world. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to have that song blasting driving down the road. I guess. I mean, what else would you do for the? opening credits of Baywatch, you mm-hmm. know, you're going to show all the things you just said, you mm-hmm. know, the running on the all beach. The cool and, stuff. and somewhere in my notes, I did make a note of somewhere in the middle of this episode, there was just like a montage of 
running on the beach. Mm -hmm. You know, just everybody like being at their station or, you know, helping to save somebody or, you know, jogging down the beach yeah, just for the sake of jogging, maybe. I'm not <laughs> even sure. But there was definitely like a little montage right in the middle. And I was like, well, that feels right mm. that you had to throw in. You kind of had to get, I think it was more like, this is what we go through like in a on a daily basis. This is our, our yeah. day, you know. And um, I, I tell you, I, I wrote down a couple of almost like kind of conflicting uh, things about the the beach scenes. Um, especially, I think it was actually, now that you bring that up, it was during that montage scene. I thought the photography on that was actually pretty amazing. Like, everything looked great. Now, I don't know if they did that for the pilot episode or if they did it for every episode. But um, and I, I also think that that was part of the reason why the show was canceled after the first season. I mean, aside from the ratings, I think it was a very expensive show to make. But I think they spent a lot of pretty much all the money on that <laughs> that first episode. But you know, like just the helicopters and the boats and the the scenes, the, the rescue scenes, and I just thought everything was just shot like really well. Like nothing looked half-assed or cheesy, or it just looked it looked almost very cinematic to me. Um, that being said, I would never want to go to any of those beaches. They're like, look like there was a thousand people on these beaches. Oh like, my I would God. drive, it would drive me nuts. So, when there's a ton of people on the beach, you know, it's like beach season, summer. Mm -hmm. Yet, there were multiple people walking around in like sweatshirts and stuff. Jeans. And, yeah. Things that. Like, that was a little awkward to me. I don't know what it's like to live in California. Maybe well, I would just want to throw on my hoodie. I don't know. But um, that's I also a, think yeah. if I was there in a hoodie, I'd probably be dying. Well, I think from from what I remember and what I understand, East Coast and West Coast beaches are very different. You know, we're used to the East Coast where in the summer, if you go to the beach, you basically melt like a popsicle. Unless, you know, you're a kid and you love that kind of thing and you're always in the water. Um West Coast beaches have, they're, they're cooler. Like, it, it's not like a the kind of, like, nuclear heat that we feel on the East Coast. Uh, West Coast beaches are, I think, a little more um, enjoyable to be at all year. I mean, you can be at the beach all year round, I think, obviously, in the, in the fall and winter seasons. Um, it's cooler. Um... Years ago, when I went to my brother's wedding in Newport Beach, California, it was January, and we were walking around on the beach just dressed in, like, our street clothes, and it was comfortable. But were there people in bathing suits? Well, we weren't there, like, in the like in the middle of the day. We weren't there, like, in the morning or afternoon or whatever. It was, like, later in the day. We never actually got back to the beach, but I'm just saying, like... It was, you know, I could see that it was comfortable. I could see people, like, even maybe during the middle of the day, you could just be out, you know, and about on the beach and not feel like you were dying. Hmm. But, yeah, people were definitely dressed in, you know, dressed a lot differently than we would dress on the East Coast at the beach. Like, the lifeguards were wearing, like, jackets, I mean, they were wearing their, they were dressed in you know, shorts and you know, sandals, no shirt, but they would still put a jacket on or a, like a sweatshirt or something. Or so, a couple of things I you know when when we're first introduced to to Mitch, which is David Hasselhoff's character, we're simultaneously introduced to his son, um, Hobby. Hobie. Hobie. Sorry, Hobie. It's a dumb name. It's a stupid name. It's a really. I'm sorry. It's a stupid fucking name. Yeah. It is. I wrote down Colby at one point, Colby. and then I realized <laughs> that I was wrong, and his name is Hobie, and I scribbled it I out. think Colby's a better name than Hobie. Oh, um, my God. Hobie. He, 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 and, he and Hobie are having a kind of a, a talk about girls, and I'm thinking, oh, this kid's kind of young to be talking about girls. He seems like he's he's got to be 10 years old. And he and Mitch says, 
what are you now, 13? And I'm, I said, there's no way, there's no way this kid is 13 years old. Because 13 years old, you're in like high school. You're a freshman in high school. I wrote, Hobie is the shortest 13 year old ever. Because I really wasn't buying that he was, I was thinking he was I mean, 10. Yes, yeah, that's it. So, and, and I get that like, David Hasselhoff is a tall dude. But even that, I mean, his, this kid is way too short to be, there's no way he had, he that kid was thirteen years old. No, and he was little. Yeah, like not just physically, but like he seemed just like a little kid. And he's talking about like, well, this girl Chelsea asked me to rub oil on her shoulders. I'm like, what? You're ten. Excuse me, son. Chelsea's a whore, and you need to steer clear of her. And then yeah, and then later on they they show him at the beach with a with a bunch of kids. And this little Chelsea is like, can you rub oil on my shoulders? Hold on. Let me undo the strap on my bikini top. And I'm like. Like I said, whore. And I'm like, what are, and I wrote down, like, what are they doing sexualizing these children? But we did get baby Brian Austin Green stepped in. Hobie, probably a really nice kid. It's not his fault he has a horrible name. <laughs> he's a little hesitant to be rubbing oil on Chelsea. Well, he's having trouble with her her uh, bikini top right. strap, then, and he, he gets yeah. nervous and fumbles. And, and then... So perhaps he's not doing the best job, but then Brian Austin Green, who does look like he could be 13... Yes, 14. he, he, looked, he yeah. looked age appropriate. Yeah, so he, perhaps having experience in this area. I think he even had abs. <laughs> I didn't notice. I'm pretty sure. We only saw him for a second. I was just sitting there like, holy shit, I think that's Brian Austin Green. Well, they called him Brian. He, yeah. It's like they couldn't even be bothered to come up with a new name but for as, him. But as soon as I saw his face before they even oh, said was, Brian, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, that's him. Yeah, that was definitely, you could see it. I'm like, oh my God, that's Brian Austin Green. Yeah. But he stepped right in, oiled her up, yeah. like he'd done it a million times before. What if, what if Baywatch and and Beverly Hills 9021 exist in the same universe? Da-na-na-na. Oh no, well, that was, but Brian Austin Brian Austin Green's name in 9021 is not Brian. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's not Brian. It's not Brian. Okay, um, I can't remember, then, but it's then not. Forget that theory. Didn't happen. No, I like it though. I mean, I, I wish it. Could be, but yeah. Um, are we going to write fan fiction about that, or I'm, I've already got it started. Sweet. Um, so, so when we're in, we're introduced to other characters in the beginning. Uh, when we're introduced to the rookies, we're uh, we're introduced to Shawnee, who is the the female rookie, who is kind of a complete asshole later on on her first day on the job. But I couldn't stop staring at her eyebrows. They look like caterpillars on her face. Like, how did they, how did someone, anyone on that crew not look at her and be like, girl, get over here. We got to tweeze that shit. Well, also how they don't match her yeah, hair. They're, yeah, they're so, like dark brown and her hair like, is like They're blonde. different color, so they stand out. But you're right. They're like thick. Very thick. And like, so, and they yeah. almost, she... Girls almost, she's about half an inch away from a unibrow. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. need to like tweeze that shit. Right. Everything up there, very intense. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I have to say about that whole situation is Mitch must be the most tolerant boss, like the best guy to work for. Oh, yeah. Because she gets there day one, which we already know. Philly guy was ranked number one or something. Yeah, she was ranked like she number ranked, 43 yeah, or something. number million and a half or something. <laughs> and she shows up wearing not really the right kind of bathing not suit. Not like a regulation bathing it's suit. It's technically red, so she thinks that's good enough. And then she gets pissy when he tells her that she's going to be like, on a boat and not have her own tower until she's ready. Yeah, she's like, she's like I'm not going to be on a boat all day. Ugh. And I'm thinking, this is your boss you're talking to, and it's your very yeah. first day, and like you had to go through rookie training stuff. Clearly, they told you 
sometimes you ha you're not just going to be in a tower all the time. Sometimes you're going to be doing this or this or this. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, my friends are expecting me at, you know, Tower 47 or whatever. And he just kind of, like, took it. Like, I would have been like, um, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can't get it together, I will send you home today. Like, yeah. and he was just like, well, oh, sorry, you're going to be on the boat. Yeah, and he's like... When you're ready to be in a tower, I'll put you in a tower. And then later... I'd be like, I put her ass out on the curb is where yeah. I put her. Later, like, he sort of defended her to the guy who's his boss. But yeah. at the same time, I did have to wonder, did that guy give him Shawnee on purpose just to kind of fuck with him? I sort of got that impression or, also. Or maybe to see if he could handle her. Like, yeah, kind something of a, like that. Like a, like, like a leadership test. He had test. some kind of... You know, yeah. it wasn't a coincidence right. that she got placed on his team. Mm -hmm. So, he, I, you know, Mitch is just, he has to be cool about it. Otherwise, he's going to look like a jerk or, you know, like he can't handle it or something. Yeah. But, yeah, she she's kind of a piece of work. Then, when it's time to save somebody's life, she just stands there staring yeah, at she, them. She and freezes. Can't even, she yeah. can't give CPR to a little kid who's, like, dying on a boat. Yeah, she's kind of the worst, so we'll see. Yeah, you know, so I don't know what she happens. Is, she is the freaking worst. To her. One kind of, like, cool, I mean, cool to me, cameo, veteran actress Wendy Malick shows up First as... First thing I wrote down. As, uh, as Mitch's ex-wife. Um, you know, she's only in a few scenes, but, you know, she's always kind of fun to watch. She's a good actress. I like her. Um, a couple of funny things I, th I thought happened when... You know, in the beginning when uh, Craig, a.k.a. Parker Stevenson, a.k.a. Lifeguard Lawyer, decides to ditch being a, a lawyer, you know, he's he's on his way to his tower, I guess, and he's driving his truck, and and he's he gets stuck under a pier, and he calls in for a tow, and, you know, it's like the tide's coming, I'm like, is this truck going to get washed out to sea? So that scene kind of irritated me. But they seemed like it was normal, like... Like, oh, this, oh, just wait for a tow. Like, this thing happens all the time. Right. So, he is driving along. You're likely to have a pretty good handle on tides. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really reasonable that you would drive the truck under a pier. That makes no sense to me. Um, so, the fact that he was under a pier in general, meh. Then the fact that he's there with, like, tide coming in or whatever and mm -hmm. so he's in the truck with the window down and it's like did you wait until the tide rose up five feet to make this this call because then <laughs> you see the water is literally splashing in the window it's coming in the truck yeah he's got to get out of the truck because it's starting to and i understand <laughs> they had to make a reason for him to be where he was right. because shelly from twin peaks was going to jump off the pier and he had to be able to see her mm-hmm but it just felt like, I don't know, maybe you could write something different. Because it didn't make sense why someone who knows, like, the ocean and works there would be in that situation. I mean, maybe he spent too many days lawyering and he's got to get maybe. back out there yeah. and do the lifeguard He's thing getting rusty. He's getting rusty. He doesn't even know when the tide <laughs> comes in. Well, you know, in the speaking of him, um, you know, saving... Shelly, I, I had to admire his his perfect CPR technique. Like I felt like I was in CPR school class or whatever because <clears throat> he pulls her out of the water and it's like he very slow, like not slowly, but like like his deliberate, like yes, tilt the head back, pinch nose, open mouth, breathe. Like it was like step by step. It was yeah. like right out of a Red Cross CPR manual, and then. Uh, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're back at Baywatch HQ. Not a hospital. Like, does Baywatch have a clinic? <laughs> you know? And I, it also felt like he was this amazing jack-of-all-trades. You know, okay, so he's a lawyer, and I'm also mm -hmm. supposed to buy that he's a lifeguard. I, I feel like a lifeguard, once they save you on the beach... Somebody else takes it from there because they have to right. keep working at their It's like first age. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're back at, you know, HQ and he's there helping her. There's no nurse or, you know, 
whatever. Mm-hmm. That did seem a little bit odd to me. Yeah. And then later, <clears throat> when Shelly really got crazy, and he's basically trying to, like, talk her down, I kind of sat there and I was like, wow, you are like a skilled therapist now, on mm-hmm. top of everything else that you can do perfectly. Yeah. You also know how to get this person with, like, a mental illness. Yeah, he was talking to, her down like a yeah, champ. Yeah, to, to come around and, and, you know, not harm somebody. So, I don't know. Maybe he's just amazing and I should just accept the fact that he knows how to do everything. Well, I'll tell you what he doesn't know. How, what he doesn't know is to not tuck your tank top inside of your jeans. Yikes. Like he did at Mitch's... They, they threw a big party for Mitch celebrating his uh, advancement and rank, which in and of itself was fascinating, that, oh, yeah. that party environment. Yes. I want to know, where was that party taking place? They had, like, they, they had, I don't know if it was a pool, but they had some sort of built-in, like, water, whatever. Like, I mean, it was long. It was must have been big enough for the guy rookie to just like swim laps. Yeah. Philly was doing laps. Yeah. And they had a live band. There was neon. There was multiple levels. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. What it, is it, this venue? Cause right. I'd like to rent it. Yeah. I want to have a party there. <laughs> um, and then, and, and well, that's where all the, like the fatal attractions. St- well, actually fatal attraction really started happening back at, um, Craig's tower when uh, Lori uh, met him there at the end of his shift and with like a bottle of wine and two glasses and she's wearing like a kimono or something and and she's like it's so romantic and I'm thinking that's a box a wooden box that's been sitting in the sun all day That's that's gotta be the hottest and sweatiest thing I've ever I can imagine like, I would not want to be in there. No. There's no AC. No, and she was, like, sort of fascinated about it. Like, she, do you remember? She said something like, oh, it's like your own little beach house or something. Yeah. And after your shift's over, do you ever just stay here it after dark or something? Like, it like, probably smells like piss. It smells like sweaty dude. I'm sure, like, homeless people, like, go in there and, like... You know, urinate and like pleasure themselves. Oh, and God, it. stop. I'm sure it's like an awful place. They live under the pier. She showed us. That's true. Well, maybe the fancy hobos live on the no, beach. That's true. Then she shows up at the at the party for Mitch and just blows everything up Lifetime Movie of the Week style by uh, running, like conveniently running into his wife, a.k.a. mom, Gina, um, in the bathroom and concocting this story about making love to a handsome uh, lifeguard and then pointing out like, oh, there he is, then making a big scene at the party, making everyone think that that Craig, like, boned this 18-year-old girl in his right, tower. Right, Yeah, and she... I just said, aw, shit, Craig. She's good <laughs> at playing, like, a crazy role. She's really good at it. Yeah. I was... The whole time, like, she was selling everything. I mean, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in these, you know, in those kind of fatal attraction stories. I think they're all kind of played out. Although, at that time, that was probably kind of in. Right. But, yeah, she really, she really sold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even wrote, like, it just turned into a very special episode. <laughs> because, I mean, it just, so many things were happening. Like I said, it... There was a solid 20 minutes of this story without a, without a break. And I'm like, can we just get back to the Hoff? Where, where's all the lifeguarding? Yeah, where's Mitch? Where's the running? Yeah. Where's... Let me see some more of those butts. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought that you'd be at a point where you were welcoming more butts. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, instead we're in dark and stanky murder pier. Right. Where the homeless people go to, you know, where they live and... Oh, and like, (laughs) when Gina and Lori, I still want to call her Shelly, were down there and Gina's running and trying to get away Mm -hmm. and like 
calling out, help me, and she can't figure out how to get out from under the pier because it's all fenced in. Mm-hmm. She stops to catch her breath, and then some hobo comes out from, like, nowhere and yeah. scares her. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? It was like this jump this jump moment, and it was like Hobo Joe with a can of beans. That was, like, my favorite part. I swear to God, the hobo just appears. That was pretty funny. Oh, man. Um, the other thing, uh, Lori, uh, did you notice her fanny pack? <gasps> Everywhere she went, she it was as big as her head. Yeah, it was huge. Oh yeah, girl. Well, girl had a lot of things carrying there, like a knife. So, yes. Yeah. Um, and it went so nice with her sweatshirt that she wore multiple times. <laughs> um, you know, the, I had a note about Craig and Gina's house. Looked Damn, like it, so do I. Looked like it was a like straight out of a like a like Scarface or something like. Craig and Gina's house is insane, I wrote. On the beach, very 80s pastel. Yeah. Like and then all on, the railings yeah, and all the, like, on the outside, decks and stuff. Yeah, it was, like, pastel pinks and greens. On the inside, it looked like a warehouse. Yeah, it was weird. the weirdest beach house ever. Like, they literally lived on the beach. Yeah. And I know most beach houses have, a, you know, a lot of them have, like, a certain look or decorated a certain way. These guys were like, no, we're not going the conventional route just because we live at the beach. We're going to make it. Let's do industrial. <laughs> yeah, it was very not beachy. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like thinking to myself, he does well being a lawyer well, and a lifeguard. I, I thought that too. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's just really, yeah, maybe he's just really well off. Maybe... He has the flexibility of being a lifeguard whenever he wants because he's this brilliant lawyer or something. I don't know. And, and maybe she's a really good graphic designer with her markers. <laughs> drawing know. drawing and coloring on their coffee table like a three-year-old. Uh-huh. Yeah, had like a poster board. I mean, I get that like, yes, this was like 1989. She probably like, oh, because uh, when... When Lori comes in and says, I I wrote a note on Craig's computer, and Gina says, oh, I don't even touch that thing. And Lori says, oh, well, we started learning them in school. <laughs> so I get that as a graphic designer, Gina has not yet explored, you know, computerized graphic design. Right. But... I'm sh- shouldn't she have at least an office or a drafting table? I like, feel like working maybe at a coffee table is not very comfortable. Yeah, maybe she shouldn't be like sitting on her couch, like crouched over a coffee table. With yeah, a- I wouldn't want to write my Christmas cards in the posture that she was sitting yeah. in. So, yeah, I don't. Maybe she she might. Maybe she's just not a good graphic designer. I don't know. Maybe she was just coloring in a coloring book. Probably. I mean, it was never. That's confirmed. why Craig has to have two jobs. <laughs> She's no good at hers. Yeah, it was never actually confirmed that she's a graphic designer. That's just the, our... Yeah, just look that way. That's just our supposition. Right. Um, did you notice Craig's license plate? Oh, I did, and I wrote that down as well. Um, His personalized license plate. Yeah, license plate. Swim or die. Swim or die. I get it. It's it's like it's like a, like a Harley enthusiast would be like, ride or die, you know? But yeah, I read that, and I was like... That's not funny. You're a lifeguard, and sometimes people drown. Yeah, like you kind of, if you're like, if you're out there, you kind of have to swim, or else you do die. Right. Those are your options. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, if you're a Harley rider and you don't ride your Harley, you're not gonna die. You could stop and like drink a beer. You might die on the inside, but you're not gonna. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna physically expire from not riding your Harley. Yeah. But if you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't swim, you will die. These are facts. Yes. Yeah. But yes, I, I definitely noticed that license plate. I kind of started thinking, like, do you, you're, you're just doing well that you can just blow money on ridiculous crap. Like, he's got, I mean, this crazy house that's like four levels high or mm-hmm. something. And then I don't know what he was driving. He had a cellular phone. Exactly. He's he, like talking he, or, on his phone. Or it might have been, well, it was probably a car phone. Yeah, it was a car phone. But still. But like driving that, in his convertible. Yeah. You know. That stuff, like a, a cellular phone in 1989 was not cheap. Right. That shit was probably like 75 bucks a minute. 
you know, and you probably, and, and your, your phone bill was probably looked like a, like a phone book. And yeah. Dude, just marking it down like billable hours. Right. You know, he's like line item 42 called off. <laughs> Use the phone. <laughs> bill it to Johnson industrial. Told my wife I'd rather be a lifeguard today. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So the so the other part of you know so we we got the fatal attraction stuff but the other part of the the pilot episode that got real real fast was when uh, veteran lifeguard Al took Hobie out on a fishing expedition and the boat basically exploded and like people were jumping over the side of the boat because the boat exploded like three times. Yes. Um, because they decided to uh, heat up a propane tank and cook a fish that somebody caught. Hobie Which, caught the fish. You're right. Which seems kind of dumb. It seems very dumb. I and I got to the point where when the episode ended and I was done writing notes, I kind of reflected for a minute and I was like, there's a lot of dumb people in this. <laughs> like from the guy who was supposed to cook the fish and I had made a note. Like he was probably about the... Shawnee. Like, is this her first job ever? Like, yeah. how dumb is she? And you know, just ugh, a, lot of, a lot of dummies. But I, I yeah. digress. Yeah, the guy went to cook a fish and he blew up the freaking boat. Yeah, I, I wrote propane plus matches plus boat full of people equals disaster. And this is why I won't operate the grill. You know, because <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm gonna blow up our house. It, it was it, it was kind of a fitting end. To uh, so so earlier in the episode, so Al is a older lifeguard. I'd say, I mean, you know, compared to everyone else, he's old, but he was probably only in like what, like his fifties, maybe late fifties, early sixties. Could have been sixty. Hard to say. Maybe we'll say sixty, um, because oh, because they were talking about that he was coming up on mandatory retirement age, and and uh, Craig. Uh, lawyer lifeguard Craig was saying that he found a loophole in the uh, whatever in the in the rule book that he'd be able to stay a lifeguard for a while and but you know the the captain was like I want him off the beach keep him in the office if you want so Mitch shows up at Al's house I mean lets himself in of course you know looking for Al to give him the bad news and um, I don't know if you caught this. He had a lot of pictures of Mitch on his walls. Everywhere. Of course like, I caught that. Is Al like a closeted homosexual? I actually started <laughs> to wonder if... I think Al was in love with, with Mitch. If we were going to find out that like Al was Mitch's dad or something. You know what I mean? Something like, personal. Because otherwise, why would you have 87 pictures of yourself with... Mitch and or Hobie. I'm pretty sure there was just one picture of Mitch by himself hanging on the wall. I'm like, this is a little creepy. So, but anyways, but, you know, Al kind of, uh, he took the news in stride. He was actually very, he was way more graceful than I would have expected. Because, you know, like a TV trope is, you know, a character gets told that they can't do something. Their immediate reaction is, well, I'm going to do it ten times harder then. <laughs> I'm going to lifeguard the hell out of this place. And, um... But instead, he you know he takes Hobie on this fishing trip. Um, boat explodes. Everybody scrambles. Boats, helicopters, whatever. They're picking up lifeguards left and right. Let's go, let's go. And they're saving people. And but part of the boat capsized and sunk with Hobie and like two other, two or three other people. The two skeptics who didn't oh, believe that Al was that a, Al was a lifeguard, like a legendary lifeguard. Right. Meanwhile, here comes Al. He picks up a two-by-four. There's a hole in the hull. He's, he basically ba breaks through this. I, I wrote down, like, fucking Al just busted through the side of a boat. The, the boat capsized in such a way that there was air. Their heads were above right. water under this piece of the boat, but it was slowly filling with water. Right. So they weren't underwater, like, this whole time. Right. They, were, they were trapped. They were, they were trapped. Right. And, like, they still had air. Right. But, but not for much longer. So they were sending people down with scuba tanks to get the people out from the hole in the, in the hull. Um, and 
Uh, Al is the last one out, but he gets tangled up in some fishing nets, of course, and that's the end of Al. Uh, you know, so the uh, Hoff is trying to get him out, yeah. but it took too long. It took too long. They they bring him back up. They're trying to perform CPR. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a fitting end. It kind of like, and and that's probably the way he would have wanted to go in a sense. I mean, you know, they they made several references um, to uh, Al's mistress as like the lady, as like the lady of the sea or something like that. So. They, they had this, uh, there was a lifeguard funeral, which I've never seen before. <laughs> I definitely made a note about that because, like, for real, is that normal? Like, I'm, I'm so wondering, is that I, a thing? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some for, it for every... it was a big deal. Like, they, I mean, the Hawk was out on a boat. There were, like, five boats out there, and there were all yeah. these trucks lined up, and everybody, like, lined up on the beach, and yeah. it was, like, an organized event with every lifeguard... From you know, from there to Mexico was like lined up on the beach. That means nobody's their, guarding the beaches. In their dress uniforms. Yeah. Well, I felt I felt like it was early in the day because um, so the beaches probably weren't open yet. But they had this memorial service, and then I think and then everyone went about their business and then opened the beaches because you still see the Hoff and Hobie walking around. The Hoff is still in his dress uniform. Hobie is still in his Cosby sweater. They're they're walking around. <laughs> it was a Cosby sweater. <laughs> um, and and everyone and the other characters like Craig and Shawnee and Philadelphia rookie, they all kind of went about their bit like they were all at you know doing their jobs. But it was kind of like it was another montage scene, but it was like a more like kind of subtle, like very like like um, mellow kind of montage scene. Um, I think like reflecting on, I forget like and, and even the song was very like, you know everything was yeah, reflective kind of, a of, melancholy. of that yeah yeah so it, it kind of the way it ended like yeah it was very melancholy, but at the same time it was like it reinforced, you know with the visuals, it really reinforced the fact that like, yeah these these lifeguards are you know they're always going to be here you know watching out for you, so. And, you know, for... Oh, what, one thing, though. I feel like they were supposed to dump Al's ashes in the water, and they didn't. I was waiting for that, because because the, the way, like, Hoff was giving this speech on the boat... Right. And he made it sound... like He even said, like, you know, now Al is going to be forever part of the sea or whatever. And I'm like, well, aren't you supposed to dump his ashes in the water? Like how I mean, you can't just dump his body I in there. I forgot something. Yeah, like quick, give me that ashtray. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's a good I don't point. know. They 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 really didn't actually do anything with his body that we saw. So maybe that wasn't really a funeral, just a memorial service. That is true. Yeah, they could have actually maybe he was actually buried somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, Hard to say. Maybe there's an actual lifeguard cemetery. Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, speaking of lifeguards, I'm pretty sure. Uh, actually, I'm. I'm. I, no, I was pretty sure, and then I looked it up. That one lifeguard who doesn't look like young and handsome and sexy, but well, I'm sure maybe to some women he would be kind of handsome and sexy. But he's like kind of balding, and he's got a, like a like Mike. A, Mike. He's got a mustache. Looks like a like a bald like Tom Selleck. That dude was a real lifeguard for like 20 years he was a lifeguard and a firefighter and he, he was he looks that like i'm not surprised yeah that you're saying that because that's that that guy looks like the part yeah, yeah he was a he was a technical consultant on the show and they his real name is mike and they just fold they just basically made him a character on the show and i think um a couple seasons later, he he becomes part of the uh, opening credits. Hmm. But he he's the only like they they say that he, um, a lot of the rescues that they do in the show are real rescues that he at some point did in his career. Well, it's funny you mention that because what I was about to say was like for as many times as I have laughed or 
you know, negatively critiqued or, or whatever. I don't know the first thing about lifeguarding. I feel, though, that they really tried to do a good job of making the work accurate. Like, did you notice several of the lifeguards, when they would when they come up the ramp to their tower, they walk, like, backwards? Because yeah. I guess you never, maybe you never take your eyes off of the beach. Mm-hmm. Philly, he didn't need his flotation device, but I don't know if there's, like, a specific mm-hmm. word for that, but life-saving thing, um, when he was helping the little boy, but he brought it with him anyways, mm-hmm. but then he needed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's a thing. Like, maybe you don't ever leave the tower without carrying that thing. Yeah. Um, and then the one what I actually thought was one of the coolest scenes, and it never occurred to me that this is a... This is a method for how they would go about doing something like this, but there were lifeguards in the little speedboat, like raft style, Mm -hmm. like speedboat. Yeah. And each guard like swam out from their tower and the boat never stopped and they just literally scooped them up until they had like all the lifeguards and took them out to where the boat exploded because they needed that many people like on hand. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought that was really freaking cool. Like... um, you know how, do you ever try to get in a boat when you're already in the water? Like, when I was a lot, I, I, I use the term fit loosely, but much more fit, mm-hmm. it was a serious struggle. Like, I've done that before, and it's really difficult. So, like, when I think about how hard your body's working, I know somebody's helping you, they're pulling you in, yeah. but, like, you have to... You have to help too. You're you're lifting yourself onto the boat, and it's moving. Really yeah, they don't. Fast. They really don't slow down. And and do you notice how they they grab them? Um, it was that lifeguard Mike who they never use their hand. They they hook their arm in like like a like an L shape almost. Like they lock their arm and it's they, like they just scoop them. Or yeah, something. like like it's almost like they lock you know. Uh, elbows or lock, like they, they hook each other on their arms. Every scene with a helicopter or boats moving fast, all I could think is I would be, I would be out there losing my mind at the water flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Like I would be, right. you know, just like wiping my eyes <laughs> and, you know, no one's wearing like goggles or anything. Right. And like, how are you even seeing? Cause like it's spewing water everywhere. Yet you so effortlessly so gracefully get scooped up and hey i'm in a boat now mm-hmm. i was just in the ocean now i'm in a boat like it's nothing well i i think about when you're talking about those flotation devices that they carry and run with and they have that they have them like hooked across their chest and when they dive into the water they ha- they throw it and they so it's behind them but like they're swimming and that thing is like I mean, dead weight. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't weigh a lot, but that's but that's that's pulling. Mm-hmm. Like that's something they have to pull behind them, and I imagine you have to swim twice as hard to make up for that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of I don't know. Weird is maybe not the right word. Just you know, things that I can be critical about. Mm-hmm. Love butts. The butts. Lots everywhere. Of, there were thongs aplenty. I thought, oh my god! I, I thought that was pretty surprising, given. I mean, it, it's you know, 1989. I feel like we were still a little more like covering up the butts. I yeah. feel like thongs were more like 90s. Yeah, I mean, but the, the thongs were like on display. Right, right, right. The butts were everywhere. Even in the like the opening credit or opening sequence, there's butts. Right. But, yeah, I feel like I, if nothing else, like, I have to give total respect to lifeguards now, mm. you know? Because, oh, yeah. Like, particularly ocean lifeguards. Oh, yeah. I like to swim. I actually enjoy swimming. However, I hate swimming in the ocean. Hate it. If I go to the ocean, like, I like to splash around, feel cool. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I'd go out and just float. Yeah, I don't, I don't I go. I cannot swim because I feel like I can't control anything it's a big you know yeah same here like i know like same here like i don't mind swimming and goofing around but 
I know I'm not a strong enough swimmer where, because there, one of the big rescue scenes was um, like a rip current pulled a bunch of people mm-hmm. out to sea. And there was like a lady with her like little kid. And this seemed like a real thing to me. Like she, she was holding on to her baby, but then her baby basically got ripped from her arms, you know, and like went underwater. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to help anybody. I wouldn't, I, mean, be, I wouldn't be able to help myself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, same here. That's why, like, I don't, I don't go out in the open water. Well, yeah, that's why I'm, you know, I'd be curious to, to, to find out, like, I'm sure a lot of, you know, like the, the beaches and the the scenarios and that they have are, are based on real life, you know, beaches. Like, I mean, like those beaches, those beach shots with like this, the hundreds of people, like. I feel like that was a real beach somewhere. I'm sure it was. I they, mean, they didn't just coordinate hundreds of extras. Yeah. They just flew a helicopter up and got some shots one day when it was nice and everybody was at the beach. Right. Yeah. So there's that's, no, that's real. So there's like real beaches out there. I mean, and they probably, you know, have to employ like we're, we're used to like going to our rinky dink little beaches on the East Coast where there's like one lifeguard like every mile or something probably <laughs> where whereas, you know, the, in Baywatch, they have like three dozen lifeguards. I didn't know that it was a whole system like military, like you had ranks, lieutenant. And oh, okay. I have no idea that was a thing till tonight. <laughs> well, there you go. So, you, you know, we all kind of learned something tonight. Mm-hmm. We, we, we usually cover this at the beginning, but we're a little rusty. So I'll, I'll do it right now. Um, did you, so, or, did, or maybe we did talk about it, but, but you had no real prior history with Baywatch at all. Right. I don't think you could be alive and and not be aware of the show. Um, I never watched it. I don't know, like, thinking of when it aired and stuff, I don't know if it was, you know, I wasn't interested or it conflicted with the things that people that ranked higher than I did in my house mm-hmm. at the time as a kid. You know, maybe they were watching something else since we only had one TV. I really cannot remember. But this was not a show that we watched in in my family. And then, so you're saying that it went through like 2001. So it would have been on like the entire time I was in high school, college, and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I never watched it. Now, I was too, I hardly ever watched TV in college, but you couldn't really be in the, between commercials syndication. Like you said, you'd be like flipping through the stations and, and there Mm -hmm. it is. And like, you know, my only takeaway before tonight was the butts and the, (laughs) and the running on the beach. Yeah. The dramatic slow motion running with the rescue thing strapped on them and like whatever. And it's like, Oh, please. But yeah, I, I actually think I would watch this show. Well, that was going to be my second question. Do you think you would, would you continue to watch this? I actually think I would because I feel like the Craig, Gina, Lori thing. I mean, that was, yeah, it was like fatal attraction, but not Mm -hmm. every episode isn't going to be fatal attraction. Right. You know, and I think there's actually a lot of good actors on this show and... I could see... I mean, we haven't even gotten to Pamela Anderson. Damn, you're right. There's yeah. a... There's a, like... Um, Carmen Electra was on this show. I remember that, yeah. Um, I forget who else, but there were a lot of... Yeah, a lot of uh, actors and actresses that we... A lot know. of butts. Oh, yeah, butts and boobs. Yeah. They were everywhere. But if, I feel like I already see the beginnings of storylines, you know... Mm-hmm. Philly guy, Shawnee, like I can see how they're going to potentially develop the, the characters. The Australian guy. Right. The, the Australian guy who was like a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see like Mitch has the whole thing with his son and his ex-wife and yep. co-parenting. And like, that's a, that's a big thing for him. So I can see how 
they could keep this show going for a long time, as they did. You're you're saying eleven seasons. Yeah, and they just they they, you know, with a show like this, it makes sense to to rotate characters in and out because let's face it, you can't be a lifeguard forever. No, because sometimes you have to be a lawyer. <laughs> That's right. Depends if it's is it Tuesday or is it Wednesday or yeah, it's you know a lot of factors, but. I don't know, like, I like the lifeguarding aspect so much more than I ever thought I was going to, you know? Like, it looked, I felt as though they took the time to try to make it accurate. And, like, I appreciate that it wasn't just, we're going to run around and, oh, save me. And, like, Mm -hmm. look, I'm a big, strong stud, and so I did save you. Mm -hmm. Like, they kind of made it look real, you Mm -hmm. know? So I like that. Okay. Would you yeah. watch it again? I, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I, I think I would watch um, more episodes. Shows like this, they're also, for me, like kind of a time capsule. Because if you think about the, the times that this show spans from basically the end of the 80s to the new millennium, that's some pretty epic stuff, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so you, and, and you get the entire decade of the 90s. In there. Yeah. That's pretty epic. The party scene and all the outfits. I mean, you know, I'm loving that. Yeah. Like, you can't... Yeah, it's like you can't watch this show and not take something away from it just for... Like, I feel like just for fun, I would... Well, I don't know how else you would watch this show. It's certainly... You know, it's not... It's not reinventing the wheel or anything. It's not, you know, saving a lot. Well, (laughs) kind of is saving lives. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, I think I would I would check out another episode or two just for funsies. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's probably about where we're gonna we're gonna leave it. Um, we usually pick the next episode in advance and promote it on our social media site. So keep an eye out for that. Um, since I picked Baywatch, the next pick will be Jen's and. Um, I expect you don't know yet what you're going to pick, but when you do know, we'll 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 uh, put that out there. Yes, I'll be thinking about that. Cool. So, and you can find, um, like I said, we've done this is our thirty first episode, so we've got thirty more episodes behind us. Uh, you can find all those links on uh, our website. It's pilotseasontv.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for at Pilot Season TV. We are on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you have any suggestions for the show as far as what to watch, we always take suggestions. You can hit us up on any of our social media accounts, or you can email us directly at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, anything else? Any last uh, last words? That's it. I, th- I think I'm pleasantly surprised cool. with Baywatch. All right. Well, let's be careful out there swimming, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Riptides, man. Riptides. <laughs> They'll get you. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This has been the Pilot Season Podcast, Episode 31. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time. See ya.